Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin, yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hawker. Greg, um, we tweeted out your lock of the week we had some technical difficulties when we were trying to record earlier in the week um in your lock of the week you thought was really good and then five minutes later it was bad so i'm sorry i'm sorry about that i was really excited to get on the podcast record on tuesday talk about how you know i'm back on my win streak and then west virginia just ruined it and <laughs> tanner i didn't make sure i was like you know what we're not recording but we have to lock this in I'm tweeting it out, and I should I should have persuaded. It was too good to be true. Up. Houston ruined it for me. Although I mean, we can talk about that game, I guess, a little bit later. But West Virginia, like, how do you? How I don't <laughs> I don't understand how that happens. I don't understand how that happens. And do you, do you want do you want me to explain to the listeners what happened? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Maybe context would be important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Thursday night game, uh, West Virginia visits Houston. Um, West Virginia was, I mean, it was a close game. Halftime, it was uh, 14 to 10 Houston. Uh, they both scored a touchdown in the third quarter. And then it looked like the old Big 12, um, 22 points for West Virginia in the fourth quarter. Houston had 20 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but let's let's just look at this here. So with 12 seconds left, West Virginia scores a 50-yard touchdown, which um, – On for, fourth and 10. Yeah, on fourth and 10. Thank you for, for adding that in there. 12 seconds left. So you're thinking, okay, West Virginia, they were down by three. Now they're up by four. There's no way Houston can come back. And, and, and just for clarity – the spread was three points, so they got the touchdown and made the extra point to cover. There you go. There you go. And honestly, Gary Green had himself a great day. Um, but Houston comes down. Donovan Smith throws a 49-yard absolute Hail Mary. Probably He probably had his eyes closed when he threw the ball. Um, but former Oklahoma State Cowboy Stephon Johnson, Boogie Johnson is his nickname, goes up and makes an incredible catch to win the game as t- as time expires um, and Houston pulls one out 41-39. So another key detail that set that Hail Mary up was the fact that Garrett Green after scoring the go ahead touchdown with 12 seconds left took his helmet off in celebration and a unsportsmanlike conduct 15-yard penalty was called on him which was uh applied to the kickoff so west virginia had to kick off from the 20 yard line which gave houston great field position they ran one play like a 10 yard out route to get to midfield and they went out of bounds immediately and then they had like two seconds left and that was enough i mean donovan smith could they got to the point where he could throw it that far so just a very unfortunate sequence of events for west virginia um i don't know how do you not I think that 
playing prevent defense and just like sending eight defensive backs 20 yards past the line of scrimmage is asking to asking for something bad to happen. Like I know hindsight's 2020, but maybe bring five. Like he needs it. Like the receivers literally need at least four and a half, four to four and a half seconds to get down there before he throws the ball. Since they're running from, they're running 50 yards and he's got to chunk it all the way down there. So he, he needs at least four seconds. If you bring five rushers, he's going to be throwing the ball in the run. And instead they brought three. He stepped up in the pocket and threw the ball in the run, but was running towards them. So it got, I mean, I don't know how he's a college quarterback. He can throw the ball 50 yards in the air, but it, it, it gave him even more power underneath the throw because he's throwing, running towards the direction that, that he's throwing. So you just hate to see it. One of the worst beats of all time, um, but <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was a pretty bad beat. But Greg, I think we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I just had to let you go on a little bit of a rant there. Um, I needed it. I needed it. So week six was last week. Um, were you, Greg? Were you surprised that almost every underdog won except for Texas Tech visiting Baylor? Oh, actually, it was a it was a. <laughs> It was a great week for me, picking games-wise. Um, great in the sense of I, I, I did better than, I think, just about anyone else picking Big 12 games did. I went 3-2 and two overall, and one of those losses was OSU, who I, I picked Kansas State to be to beat Oklahoma State. So that was like a pleasant, I'm very glad I lost. Uh, so it, it was a great week uh, for me. Tanner? I went 1-4. and four. Did you go 1-4? and four? Yeah, because I definitely picked Kansas State. I took OU, which was my one win. I picked UCF. Uh, okay. I picked Baylor, and I picked TCU. For whatever reason, I thought we both picked Texas. I thought you nope. went 0-5, and I was going to roast you. Nope. I definitely went 1-4. and four, uh, Because I am still rooting for Texas to lose three games. So, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, okay. Let's just let's just start at the top, and we will cover all the games from last weekend, and then we kind of already covered the uh, West Virginia Houston game. We can talk a little bit more about that, but and then we'll make our picks. But Greg, um, surprising victory: Oklahoma State beats Kansas State at home, uh, twenty-nine to twenty-one, in uh, what what could be called Oklahoma State's best win in a year and a half. Um, between last year and the first six games of this year, or I guess five games for Oklahoma State, that would be? It, yeah, it, they played really well. Um, I think the Friday night game in Boone Pickens, I, but the only reason I didn't make this my lock last week was because I was just, I was, I was nervous. Um, I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get my heart broken like twice. <laughs> um Oklahoma State was a double-digit underdog, and they have won, Tanner, eight, not just covered, but they've won now eight of the last nine games that they've been underdogs at home in Boot Pickens Stadium. So Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State, really tough to beat at home, and Mike Gundy loves his back against the wall, loves being an underdog, um, not to, like, jump too far ahead. We have the same situation this week now with Kansas. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens then. But uh, Oklahoma State's defense rebounded um, from a subpar performance against Iowa State. Um, 
Cameron Epps had two interceptions. Defense forced three turnovers on the day as a whole. And um, the offense finally moved the ball a little bit. Uh, I think we would be remiss to not mention Will Howard. And I, we, I think we talked him up last week, Tanner. Um, and, and I've been kind of on the Will Howard train. I, I'm not like fully off of it yet, but he did not play a good game. No, and I'm not really sure if that was their um, Will Howard's decision making, because uh, definitely that that pick six at the end of the first half was more of a communication error, I, I believe, between uh, the wide receiver and Will Howard. Um, or if Oklahoma State's defense is finally getting getting the new uh, system down, so they can actually uh, play significantly better on defense. I'm not really sure what the difference between the two are. Yeah, they um, Kansas State. I think you can't you can't turn the ball three or three. You can't lose the turnover battle three to zero on the road and and win. Uh, and they have not. I think they. I saw some other stat. They've had like one win in Boone Pickens in like the last like forty years or something like that. Maybe not that long, but it's been a long time since they've like consistently won uh, against Oklahoma State on the in, in Stillwater. So. Uh, not a place they have a lot of success, even though they did uh, beat them 48 to nothing last year in Manhattan. Um, but it was it was a good game. It was fun. I had a great time. I was there Friday night blackout. Uh, it was fun, Tanner, to actually be in Boone Pickens and and have a, an exciting game to watch. Absolutely. OK, Greg, let's let's go ahead and talk about what might what people might be calling uh, maybe the game of the year. I don't know. The Red River rivalry between OU and Texas. OU pulls one out. Once again, a last-second victory, uh, 34-30. to 30. Um, Very, very impressive game by OU. I don't think anybody had them picked. Um, and that might be why this week uh, it looks like OU'd won the national championship and the Super Bowl combined in one weekend. That's kind of how it felt on social media. But still a good, a good win, no matter no matter if their social team is uh, a little extravagant. Dan, I thought this was a Big 12 podcast. Why are we talking about SEC teams? <laughs> oh, man. No, I... th- th- this was a great game. Um, I So here, here's a story for you. I got to watch the first half of this game. And then I'm going to hop on a little bit of a soapbox here, only because I know they don't listen to this podcast. Because if they listen to this podcast... They would be sports fans, and they would not have had a wedding <laughs> at 2 p.m. on a Saturday in October. Um, Specifically good, this Saturday. Good, yeah, yeah. And and one out of the two of them did grad school at OU, so um, that's that's a, another minor detail. But uh, no, I will not mention them by name. But they are uh, great friends. It was a fantastic wedding. But man, Tanner, why why do we have to do this? We, every year it happens. Someone decides to get married in the fall, and I am sitting in the wedding reception, checking scores or watching football. And in this case, I could not actually. It would have been very disrespectful. I, like I'm not gonna watch a game when someone's getting married. That's I, I'm not that I'm not that much of a degenerate. Um, but I won't lie <laughs> oh, really? to you. I maybe sometimes. <laughs> I won't lie to you. It was very hard to focus. When I knew that OU and Texas were coming down to the wire, and I was on do not disturb, couldn't, couldn't see it. Were you were were you able to watch the final final five minutes of that game? Um, 
I was not able to watch it in real time. But that night, I went back and watched the entire fourth quarter. Um, and when I tell you that was electric, it it was. It truthfully was. I know Greg and I have kind of been on uh, the downturn with OU in Texas just because we were leaving the conference. But that was one of one of the most memorable Red River Red River rivalries that I've been allowed to see. Good thing you um, won't ever have to pronunciate that rivalry name again. Thank goodness. Well, um, maybe in December when they meet for the uh, Big 12 championship game. Stop. <laughs> stop. Right now, just stop. Um, honestly, Dylan Gabriel played very well. Like, no doubt about it. He had 400 combined yards. 285 throwing and 113 rushing. That is huge. He he looks really good, um, and he looked comfortable. I think some of the issues he's experienced really have just been inaccuracy. I don't think he's a terrible decision maker. Uh, I think he's very athletic. He's got a strong arm, um, but accuracy has been an issue for him. Uh, but he was able to do enough. That last play was absolutely was absolutely nuts. Um, I, and I heard him talk about it uh, after the game too, and. Uh, he, he basically was talking about the coverage that they were running. He, they were trying to run like crossing routes, saw the linebacker get in the way, knew he had one-on-one with his outside receiver. And like, you could see, I mean, the pocket is literally like collapsing on him. Like he is about to be completely banished by all these defensive linemen um, that are swarming. And, and I, he just kind of threw it up. And it was one of those risks that, Hey, I mean, if it's a, you, you throw it, if your receiver catches it, like he did great. Game-winning touchdown, you're a legend. Uh, if he drops it, well, you've got 10 seconds. You can try to make another play, or worst case, you kick a field goal and go to overtime. So uh, decision-making on that play, I mean, to, to do it in a split second was was really, really impressive. And OU uh, looks much better than, than I thought. I, I think, Tanner, we're getting to the point of the season where we need to start to admit some of our um, – I mean, we, we can give each other flowers. We, we got more than a few predictions right, but we also were wrong in some cases. And I was wrong about OU. I did not think they added enough in the portal and did enough over the offseason to significantly improve from their 6-7 and seven team last year. Um, and through – shoot, are they 5-0 and or 6-0 and now? They're six and zero now. I mean, they've, so they've already matched their win total from last year. Um, I would safe to say I was wrong. Even if they drop a couple uh, at the end of the year, go like ten and two, I, I still kind of have them in that eight and four range. So yeah, um, w- was wrong about OU. They look really good. They do look good, but also let's not forget Texas turning the ball over three times. Um, that's that's a big part of this as well, and uh, not just Texas, but Quinn Ewers throwing two picks. Um, yes, one of them was tipped. Um, but the first play of the game, he comes out and throws just a, just a poor pick. Um, he led his receiver a little bit too much and ended up in the cornerback's hands. Um, he just then, waited too long. Like it's a slant route. It's gotta be catch one step throw. And he looks to the other side of the field and comes back to the slant route. Huge, yep. huge no, no. And then his fumble, he did, he got lit up. Uh, but you got to hang on to the football there, especially in a game like this. Because if they don't turn the ball over three times, they win. They cru- I, if they don't turn the ball over three times, I bet they cruise to a victory. Yeah. And that, that's, tough, that's tough to say, especially when it's 
mostly on one guy. Um, the one tipped interception that OU did have, that was just a great play by some defensive backs, just laying, laying hard hits. Um, I think but, it was like Peyton Bowen. It was an incredible hit. Just, it was a very, very good hit. Um, okay, Greg, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit, not too long, about <laughs> Kansas versus UCF. Um, I had UCF coming in here and getting the dub. Um, we had some Twitter, some people on our Twitter mentions uh, talking about John Reese Plumley if he was going to play. Um, UCF would essentially uh, take over the entire world like Alexander the Great. Um, this did not happen. Guarantee, or granted, not guarantee, granted, he only threw seven passes, um, but he did play. And this, this Twitter person did not specify how long he had to play for UCF to win the game. So there you go. So I will say, and I doubt this person's listening to the podcast. Um, my point, because this, this was me on Twitter going back and forth with this guy, um, was that I did not think it mattered who played quarterback at UCF. I didn't think that UCF had the defense to stop Kansas's run game. Tanner, they ran for 399 yards. I don't see John Reese Plumley playing defense. He's not gonna. He's not coming in at safety and, or linebacker and 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 preventing them from running for eight yards a carry. Like yep. you can't. It doesn't matter if if Tom Brady's playing for UCF. He's like they're not winning this game. So yep. um, UCF's. I think UCF's a team that looked really good in the in the non-con, and then they've really kind of fallen off. And it's been mostly due to their defense. Like I, I something happened that second half in that Baylor game, um, and and they have yet to recover. So we'll it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can kind of bounce back. Um, I was gonna make the point that no newcomer has won a conference game against a original Big Twelve team, but West Virginia kind of had ruined that for me last night. Um, but yeah, they were they of, were. They were what one and eight. Um, they were one and eight, and that one win was BYU beating Cincinnati. Right. Which that's, is which yeah. is just really funny. I, I think it'll be interesting. Well, we can play that game again next year when the four pack troll schools come in, and, and I think they'll have much more success than I do too. Than these four new, four newcomers, but it's just it's just interesting um, when yeah. you know you the Big Twelve is not the American Conference. We may not have the the world beaters that the SEC does, you know, but um, one and eight in your first nine games as newcomers isn't great. Yep. All right, Greg, let's, let's go ahead and talk about Texas tech visiting Baylor. Um, tech ends up winning by 25. I, I did not see this coming. Um, to me, this, this really, really puts Dave Aranda on the hot seat. He has been known for being a very stout defensive coach. Um, and giving up 39 points to a two and three tech team does not sound like a very good defensive day. Tanner, there's a few stats I'll call out for you, but first let me. So I picked Texas Tech to win this game. This was essentially a pick'em game. Uh, I was very hesitant. I, I I really did not know who to pick. I picked Tech because I was banking on Baron Morton. I saw we saw him. I, I know we've said this a million times. We saw him play in person his first start ever. I was really impressed. And since he's taken over as the starter, he's looked good, but he's made some mistakes that a quarterback with not that much experience typically makes. 
And I, I wasn't sure what David Randa's defense would be able to like scheme up against him. Um, but I, I, I banked on Barry Morton playing well. He threw for three touchdowns, ran for another, looked really good. Um, Blake Shapin had another classic just B-minus performance. I don't think he's been much worse than B-minus, and he's definitely been no better than B-minus his whole career. Uh, but to give him some credit, Baylor ran for .6 yards a carry. How well, many- that, that, that includes um, – hold on one second. That includes that, some sacks. I understand that. That includes six, six, not just some, six. So that that plays then again on the um, their offensive line. What like like Dominic Richardson nine carries, twenty one yards, two point three yards carry. Blake Shapen gets sacked six times. Um, I mean, Rich, Richard I mean, Reese four carries, four yards. So so outside, if you take away. Uh, their negative, their negative rushing game. Uh, so that includes negative twenty from Blake Shapin, negative one from Hal Presley, and then they had a team negative one rushing yard. Uh, if you take those away, they still only rush for thirty nine yards. That is awful. That is absolutely <laughs> awful. Like what? What is going on in Waco? I have some serious questions uh, for Dave Miranda. I think that it's interesting, and we had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, but OSU got a really good win against Kansas State, so I'll, I'll stay away from roasting them. But how far has Baylor fallen since that 2021 winning the Big 12 championship game, beating Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl, and they are, let's see, they went 6-7 and and last year, so they are 8-11. and 11. They are eight and eleven since winning the uh, Sugar Bowl. So, just really, really fell off the face of the earth. Um, and that That's program tough. had a lot of momentum. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Okay, Greg. <clears throat> Pardon me. I I have a, a frog in my throat. Okay. I I think you need to say the quote again. The the quote that was the title of last week's episode. Oh, I was, I, I, I'm so happy to do this. Give me Rocco Beck. <laughs> oh, only, man. only throws for 138 yards, but you know what, Tanner? He played uh, – he didn't throw a pick, played mistake-free football, was a great game manager, and uh, the, TC, the TCU um, quarterbacks plus uh, receiver J.P. Richardson combined for four interceptions. <laughs> well, so oh, I, think, I think that this is – uh, something that we need to talk about. Um, Chandler Morris goes down with an injury, or did he get benched? No, he did go down with an injury. He's also That's out this I week thought. and maybe out for indefinitely. I, I, I forget the diagnosis. I believe brain it's, to, it's brain MCL. Okay, I was so going to say knee related. So, uh, the actually the exact same injury that uh, Blake Shapin had um, a couple couple weeks ago. Actually, at the very start of the season. But yeah, he goes down after throwing two picks, uh, 94 yards. Really, honestly, a pretty poor day. And then Josh Hoover comes in, uh, true sophomore. Um, also doesn't have a very good game. But honestly, Iowa State just, like you said, Greg, they just managed the game very well. They didn't do anything really all that spectacular. They they just managed they managed to put up points and to stop TCU's offense, and that's about it. 
And the theme of this week has been turnover battle. Iowa State won it four to nothing. So, I mean, they obviously don't win that game without forcing turnovers. And if you're TCU, weird things happen at in Ames during the night. You just you can't <laughs> in any game you can't lose the turnover battle four to nothing, but especially not against uh, an Iowa State defense that really uh, thrives off of uh, forcing turnovers. Yes. Okay. Um, Greg, I have a little um, game here that we didn't talk about before, but that I w- want to play with you. Um, of the 14 teams in the conference, we are halfway through the season for some teams. Some teams still have to take their bye, but we are week six into week seven now. Um, what teams are going to be making a bowl game? Ooh. Okay. Or, or if you feel like there's so many teams that are going to make a bowl game, who's not going to make a bowl game? Let's do who's not going to make a bowl game. Okay. Okay. Baylor. Okay. They are two and four right now. I don't see them making a bowl game. Uh, Cincinnati at two and three. I think. Okay. I think this week for them against Iowa State at home is a must, must win. If they drop that, I. I don't think they're getting to, to six wins. Um, okay, Baylor, Cincinnati, uh, Houston. Even despite the win against West Virginia, I'm not bought in. I, I don't think they're – they've got a pretty good offense, but their defense can't stop anyone. I mean, West Virginia was throwing for like 90 yards a game, and Garrett Green threw for like 350 against them. Yep. Um, and stop me if you disagree, by the way. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say – Iowa State. I'm still. That's, you're you're speaking my mind. I was thinking Iowa State as well. I'm I'm still not bought because Tanner for them to make a bowl game, they will need to win five conference. They would need to go at least five and four in conference, and that would be really really impressive. Um, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them having a, a winning conference record. I'm trying to pull up Texas Tech's schedule here. So they have K-State this tomorrow uh, at BYU versus TCU. K-State's going to be – or, sorry, sorry. Texas Tech is going to be – I think they're going to end up 5-7 and because they're Mm. 3-3 and right now. I think that they'll lose their next – Two beat TCU and beat UCF. Yeah, that could be very, very close for them. Um, I, I do disagree with that one. I was on Texas Tech at the beginning of the year and in the offseason. I was on the hype train. I've cooled off for sure. Going one and two in non-con certainly doesn't help. But Tanner, they put together a two-game win streak um, in, in, in conference play. They're two and one, and they are one of the many teams that are trying to knock off OU or Texas uh, to to unseat them and, and get a get a a more permanent Big Twelve member into the conference championship game this year. So I think Tech makes a bowl game. I don't think they make the conference championship, but I think they make a bowl game. They've got some okay. momentum with Baron Morton now too at quarterback. Okay. All right. We will have to see. All right, Does Greg, let's go ahead. Central Florida make a bowl game? Sorry. No. That was okay. No. Okay. I just kind of assumed. Uh, I think that definitely the bottom four teams currently in the conference 
I think uh, Texas Tech, TCU now with the, uh, the Chandler Morris injury, probably not going to make a bowl game. Um, I'm going to say six, about six, six of the teams probably won't make a bowl game, maybe seven. TCU um, still has to play OU and Texas. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's happening for them. Um, Kansas State, potentially, we'll see how this game against Tech goes tomorrow. Um, they still have their bye to take. Or no, they already took their bye, excuse me. Um, Kansas State will be okay. They've got uh, they've got uh, Houston at home. They've got Baylor at home. They've got Iowa State at home. Those, yeah, those three should be wins. Farmageddon at home in Manhattan? Should, 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 yes, should be a win. Um, I, yeah. I, I think the the Kansas K State game will be a lot of fun this year too. But yep. Okay. Okay. Tanner, should we should we move on to this week? I, I've got something I want to do first. Okay. Um, normally we save it for the end, but I want to do our upset alert right first now. because I think we need to I think we need to explain ourselves and not just pick the game and then go to upset alert. So so let's. And I, I can go first if you would like, but uh, yeah, let's let's please. do upset alert first. Please. Okay. I am putting so the spreads this week for the Big 12 conference games are all awfully close. We don't really have a very large favorite. Um, the biggest favorite this week is TCU, favored by six points at home against BYU, and that is exactly who I'm looking to to put on God, upset alert. Dang it! That's I I was going to say the exact same thing. Well, you know what? Let's just talk about it together. It can be both of our upset alerts this week. I, I, how are they six-point favorites? Their quarterback goes down. BYU has proven that they can, they can score with people. Sure, their defense isn't great, so I could see. Um, I, I'm forgetting his name right now, but TCU is running back Amani Bailey. I, I'm pretty sure it's yes. Bailey. Um, uh, sure, they can run with him, but I think that Keaton Slovis is going to play very well. I think that they're going to be they're going to be able to pass all over TCU's defense, um, and yeah, that's that's why I am putting TCU on upset alert. I completely agree with you. I was shocked when this line came out, almost to the point where I wanted to make it my lock. In hindsight, I I, I should have because I would have had a chance on Saturday. Um, but no, I, I think that this is a huge game for TCU. They need to they need to be able to like weather the storm, win one at home. But I think BYU was underrated coming into the year. They've played a lot better than expected. And they've got a chance to be five and one halfway through the year. Uh yeah. I, I, TCU better watch out. It's their homecoming game. But Tanner, I don't, I don't know how many alumni TCU even has. So is that, is that even a big deal? Is that worth noting that it's their homecoming? No, they don't care about sports. They, they, they don't. Sorry, I'm from Texas. I can say that. Um, okay. I mean, I mean that's not an, uh, that's not a uh, uncommon knowledge. That's very common knowledge. That is true. Okay, okay. Tanner, let's move on. Let's go first game. Well, okay. We already talked West Virginia, Houston. Houston pulls off the two-point victory against West Virginia. The Dana Holgerson revenge game is what many pointed as. Uh, so we already talked about that. So let's move on to Iowa State, Cincinnati. 11 a.m. game in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is a five-point favorite. Who do you have and why? 
I like Cincinnati at home. Specifically, the reason I like Cincinnati in this game is because they're at home. That that they Iowa State's defense has been decent. Um, they were very good last week against TCU. Um, but I actually really like Cincinnati's run game and their ability to mix in the pass because of that run game. Typically, um, well, yeah. I was going to say something, and then I realized I was going to go against what I was going to say, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk. <laughs> I, I, I think that they are – I think their offense showed some life uh, against BYU two weeks ago. Uh, they also have had – Tanner, they, it's been – when they play, it will have been 15 days since their last game. It's a lot of rest. They played on a Friday night. Then they had a bye week the following weekend, and now they're playing on Saturday. Uh, they're playing their second ever conference game at home. The first one was against OU, where they really kept it close the majority of the game. If their offense was able to put together one or two more scoring drives, that game's going into overtime. Cincinnati's looking at possibly being able to win that game. So I like the home field advantage Cincinnati has. The over-under for this game is 43, so Vegas expects a low-scoring game. Uh, I tend to agree with them. However, um, I honestly think I take the over here because uh, I think Rocco Beck has shown an ability to put up points, and uh, I think Cincinnati's offense is improving. So I like Cincinnati to win this game. I'm on board with you, um, but yeah, I, I, I think Vegas is kind of saying Iowa State the same way that that we still do, is that they they had two really good wins to start conference play, but they're not bought in yet. I'm not bought in yet either. Yep. All right. Uh, Number 23, Kansas. Number 23, Kansas uh, visits Oklahoma State. It'll be afternoon game. Greg, who do you got? Tanner, this will be the first time in my life that I will watch a ranked Kansas team in person. That is That's something cool. I never thought I would be able to say. Um, Jalen Daniels is out. Jason Bean will start. I'm not even sure if that's notable anymore. I think... I was it's gonna only, say we should just expect that at the yeah time. I I think everyone unless we unless we start talking about Jalen Daniels again then just assume Jason Bean is starting Tanner this is a tough one for me I think that Oklahoma State's coming off of a really good win against Kansas State uh, Kansas coming off of an even better win I mean they just blew the doors off of UCF um, Kansas with a chance to go to six and one get bowl eligibility for the second year in a row. Um, which is still a huge, I, I don't say this in a demeaning way, so this is still a huge accomplishment for that program um, that hadn't been to a bowl game since like 2008. Um, I like Oklahoma State. I'm going to say it. I know that right. I, I, I may have my orange colored glasses on, um, but I like Oklahoma State in this game. I think the defense will be able to do enough to, to slow down, not stop, but slow down Kansas's run game. And Jason Bean does not present the threat with his arm that Jalen Daniels does. Um, he'll, he he can throw it some, but not as well. Uh, and I like I like Ollie Gordon um, feasting on on Kansas's defense. Okay, uh, Greg, this is mostly an audio uh, platform. Uh, sometimes we put out reels, so maybe the listeners will be able to see this eventually. But Greg, what color shirt am I wearing? It's very bright orange. Looks like the brightest orange in America. That is correct. Um, I'm going with Oklahoma State on this one. 
I think that Kansas being 23 is great for their program, like you said. Do I think it's real without their main quarterback? No. I don't think it's real. Uh, sure, they can run a 1990s-style triple option offense, but that's that's not going to work. Um, I think hey, no, that's, that, that is still my NCAA 14 offense. <laughs> Get into the present day, Greg. Um, <laughs> um, I think that Oklahoma State's defense really started started to gel last weekend. Um, and Greg, like you said, Ollie Gordon, uh, he just likes to dribble dudes' heads off the turf. So I'm I'm excited to see that again this weekend. So I'm going Oklahoma State. One, um, more, one more thing to call out, I, I, Tanner. Kansas has played two road games this year. They barely squeaked out a win at Nevada in week three. And, and then, they got absolutely pieced by Texas. Yeah. That's a great this, point. That's the, a great this call. Team, this team may not be the same on the road as they are in, in the booth. We lo- Don't get me wrong. I love the booth. I just I, don't hey, I love, I love the booth, too. I think, I think they've got it's, – it's a weird home field advantage. But it is a home field advantage for them. They, they they play a lot better there. Yep. All right, Greg. BYU visits Fort Worth. Um, I think we kind of already touched on it. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm taking BYU. Um, I kind of I kind of explained my reasoning before, but I'm just going for it. That is exactly why I was looking to do the upset alert first because I I didn't want to have to to re-explain it here. Uh, I, I've got BYU as well, Tanner. I think we may. I think we may be lockstep this entire week, so not really providing any really? listeners with a lot of context, but or a lot of um, intrigue, I should say. But I've got BYU. Uh, I, I think this is going to be. I think BYU wins this game, and people start talking about them as a possible, possible contender. We'll see. I I could be interested in that kind of a conversation. Um, okay, Greg. Are we going to be lockstep? Kansas State visits Texas Tech. Who do you have? I already know who you have. And and we, we tweeted this out, your lock of the week. And I know your your you know your love for Lubbock and Texas Tech. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've got Kansas State, like I know you do too. I think that the three and two record is deceiving. I think this is a good football team. Yes, they 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 lost some talent after last year's uh Big 12 championship win, but Tanner, this is still a really good football team. Will Howard is probably behind Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers, the best, definitely most experienced Big 12 quarterback um, that isn't currently injured. Um, I, I still like Kansas State. I, I think this team is going to pose a lot of problems to uh, people down the road. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, like Greg said, for those of you who aren't on X or formerly known as Twitter, um, I took Kansas State as my lock of the week. So that means I will also be going with Kansas State to win this game. Um, yeah, first first week this season, I think we you and I have been lockstep. Hopefully, uh, the teams also agree because that's that's the whole that's the whole goal in this is for us to actually get a perfect week. Which I didn't. We didn't obviously. I didn't make the pick for the Thursday night game. Greg did. Greg was wrong. So maybe I can go undefeated. <laughs> I don't know hey, if you can call it undefeated. I think, I think we know who you would have picked. Uh, yes, we know who I would have picked as well. I would have definitely taken West Virginia in this game. 
Um, well, I think that uh, it doesn't count. And I was debating uh, asking you for a redo <laughs> on my <laughs> lock. Like, can I just go delete that tweet? And um, and since we're recording on Friday, I'll just make someone else my lock. But I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real. There you um, go. Tanner. We love it. Uh, we already called it out. Your lock of the week uh, is Kansas State. Um, we need Kansas State to come through for you because it's becoming – uh, we're we're gonna turn this into a meme. A trend. We're turning this into a trend. Fade Tanner, Texas Tech. You heard it here first. Tanner is two and five so far on lock of the week this year. Um, I think I think if we get to like two and eight, like okay, fine, fade me. But I don't know. <laughs> I think I made decent picks. I, I think I think you've had a couple. You've had a couple uh, really bad beats. I still, I, I will, I will. At the end of the year, I will be fighting the worst beat. I don't care what happens the rest of the year. Was that West Virginia game? I'm gonna be mad for the next two months. Um, but you've had some really bad beats. Um, I've gotten some, some, some really lucky, lucky calls. I, 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 I did tell you, Tanner, and I think this is important to call out. Um, I told you non-conference, non, non-conference games are a lot easier to pick. Because Vegas doesn't know the teams, whereas we're kind of looking in the offseason. We we like to bet against the conferences we don't think are good. Once conference play happens, it's so unpredictable. I started off three and zero in my lock. I'm now two and three since. I'm five and yeah. three on the year, still respectable. But if you're only looking at conference play, I'm two and three. So I'm just trying to stay five hundred in conference. I I think I I think I take that. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think. Hopefully I can get to that point, but I'd have to go on a, on a heater uh, at the end of the season. But we'll, well, it, we'll start, it starts at 6 p.m. in Lubbock, a blackout game for Texas Tech. Man, Kansas State just loves to go on the road and play at, a, uh, at an opposing team's blackout. <laughs> yep. And honestly, Lubbock isn't scary at night. Um, it's just gross at night. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right, Greg, do you have anything else you want to say to the good listeners? You know... I'll be in Stillwater on Saturday. Really excited. Probably the most interesting game in the Big 12 all week. The only ranked team in the Big 12 that's playing this week. So I'll be cheering for the Pokes, though. Uh, I'll be wearing orange, so I'll blend in with everyone else. But uh, hoping for uh, hoping for an OSU win and hoping for some close games across the conference slate. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Uh, please go and follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and Instagram at around the underscore 12. Um, Greg also made a TikTok. So if you're on that, I'm not on that. Uh, but Greg made us a TikTok. Is it the same hey, handle? Your face is on TikTok. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> what's our handle for that, Greg? It is around the underscore 12. I believe the oh, same the as same. Twitter. All right, great. Um, so yeah, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok around the underscore 12. You can follow us on Facebook. Uh, and that is Around the 12 Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. We want to go back and forth with you guys on Twitter. Maybe make fun of you on the podcast. But it's all love. Um, we're just here to have fun and talk about the Big 12. Uh, like everybody else should be. All right, everybody. We thank you for listening. And we hope you have a great week seven of college football. We thank you. We love you. Goodbye. <laughs>